Hey guys, it's Christian Babcock from the Hunter's Advantage podcast. At the Hunter's Advantage, our goal is to provide you with the best advice and insight from hunting industry professionals, and hopefully you would use that knowledge or advantage on your next adventure. This week on the Hunter's Advantage podcast, I had the opportunity to interview Jordan Harbertson, who is a co-founder of Mountain Ops. Mountain Ops aims to improve the lives of individuals and families by inspiring them to achieve the ultimate level of performance through the highest quality energy and nutritional products. In this podcast, we discussed building a business around your passion, the supplementation needs of hunters versus the average guy that's going to the gym, and a little bit about conservation. This one was a ton of fun, and I hope you all enjoy this episode. First of all, thank you so much for, for jumping on with me. Um, oh, my I really, Christian. I really, really appreciate it. Could you start out maybe just telling me the mo- the motivation behind starting mountain ops for sure yeah i mean um mountain ops's idea started a long time ago um and it's kind of interesting how it evolved but um my brother casey and i actually have been doing marketing and been in the industry for about 15 years and so we've been on the other side of it instead of being an actual brand in the industry we've been working for the brands and helping them to grow within the industry to capture customers build loyalty um, get awareness, all of that fun stuff. And so we came from that kind of a background that when um, we kind of had hit a point in our marketing company that we owned, we had a real big desire that we wanted to do more than just that. We loved marketing for our clients and for the companies that we worked with, um, but we really desired to kind of own it all and have our own brand and, and figure out what a product could be that we could sell. And that's right. actually when we met our business partner, Trevor. And Trevor... He's the mad scientist. He's the the guy that he's been building nutritional products for over eight years now. And so he has a really good firm grip on and an understanding of what the body needs when you're trying to address certain things that you want it and how you want it to perform. And so that was kind of this beautiful marriage where Casey and I were over here saying, man, we really want to start a brand. We want to find a product. We want to make a difference. This is the community we want to do it in, which is the outdoor space. And Mm -hmm. then Trevor's over here building products for chiropractors and doctors and in a space that, you know, requires pharmaceutical grade products, but he had no idea about the needs that hunters had. And so we came together and we showed him that we built a plan together and we said, Hey, let's, let's start building nutritional products for hunters and for anglers. And so that's kind of like how it began was it started from a desire that my brother and I had to build a brand. So with a product, we didn't know at the time what that was going to be Christian um, yeah. until we met Trevor. And then all of a sudden we saw an opportunity where we we're like, let's go change the space. Let's go make a difference. Let's go change the status quo of hunting and mm. let's do it in a way that nobody's done it before. Right. No, that's cool. What's different about the needs of a hunter, say, say from the, the average guy that's at the gym? Um, what, you know, how do your products benefit a hunter versus you know, someone that's just trying to work out and they benefit both, I'm sure. But I'm just wondering how the needs differ between those two. Yeah. As you look at, as you look at the, the needs of an individual who's trying to, we kind of have this saying, we say train inside, conquer outside, right? So we're a big right. believer of, of physical fitness. There's a lot of things that can be accomplished in the gym that can help with building your performance, help with your output. It can help with your um, overall endurance. Like these are things that all correlate and play directly into what we love to call God's gym, right? So a lot of mm-hmm. people go to Gold's gym and you use either systems, weights, um, different things that you want to do to accomplish different things in the body, whether you're addressing 
your overall strength, whether you're going to do more cardio and you're just trying to get more endurance. And so for us, we wanted to figure out, all right, let's take an individual and look at it two ways. One, an individual who's going to the gym, how can we improve, you know, their performance Two, how can we impact an individual who maybe just goes outside and doesn't go to the gym? How can we build a product that sustains them for what I would say an extended, a significantly extended period of time? Because the gym, you're usually going for about an hour. And if you right. go longer than that, that's awesome. But I like to usually do a workout 30 minutes to an hour and I'm on with my day. But when we're hunting, Christian, we need stuff that's going to support us all day because we're outside hunting for an entire day. And so the mindset between how can we build nutritional products that extends and prolongs performance for 20 plus hours became the goal. That was the mission. How can we do that? Because we want to build something for the hunters or for the anglers or for the out outdoor activists that want to get out and enjoy the outdoors for that that's that time span. Right. No, that's cool. Um, so I think it's really cool that you built a business around something you're passionate about, which is the outdoors. So I'm super, I, I bet that makes it a lot easier to go to work in the morning. Um, so yeah. I was wondering, what was it like building a business? You know, you obviously worked with outdoor, outdoor brands previously, but what was it like building a business in a space that you were super passionate about? Um, like I have always told people it's, I've been really spoiled. Um, I grew up, from a very young age, my dad had me work in summers. I went to work for my dad. Him and his brother actually owned a nuts and bolts company, Fastener yeah. Business, and I did that for years. And then all of a sudden, an opportunity came where I saw one of my neighbors that I knew who owned a marketing company. Um, I started getting into photography, and I started just, like, figuring out that, like, oh, this Photoshop thing sounds pretty cool. Like, everybody's using it to edit their photos. So I went and I pirated a version of Photoshop downloaded mm. it you know i was i was a young kid i didn't have a lot of money even though i was right. working for my dad and all of a sudden i fell in love with like design i fell in love with photography that evolved into a love for marketing because i started i actually left my dad's company and i went and i started working for this marketing firm when i was 15 mm -hmm. and he basically taught me a lot of what i now know today because I got to work directly with different marketing directors at different companies like Easton or Hoyt or Browning or Benelli. Um, and so I started to see how like this marketing thing started to work in what I would say is the, the traditional way, which was TV and print and all of that. Right. And so all of a sudden I'm going to work Christian, but I'm not, I'm not thinking of it as work because every day I'm learning every day I'm growing I'm loving what I'm doing. I'm working for companies that I looked up to and I like would love to have worked for, but now I'm working mm -hmm. with them. And so that kind of, for me, drove a, a, a direct connection between, I talked to so many people, Christian, that would say, I don't really love what I do, or right. I'm not, I'm not happy in my job. And that n never made sense to me because I'd always look them in the face and I'd be like, well, then go get a job that you like. And they're like, well, mm -hmm. this is all I know. And so I knew that I wanted to get into the outdoor industry. I was already in it from the marketing side. Right. And then when I started my own company, I stayed in there. But then when Mountain Ops became the opportunity, it was very easy. It was exciting. Everything that we love and we do every day is built right into the business. And so mm -hmm. in some ways, it's not fair. I, I don't use the job, the word job or work because I, 
I really get to play all day, which is really right. fortunate. So, but it was a dream that my brother and I had that we wanted to build and we wanted to do. So, mm-hmm. uh, when you ask that question, I, I, I think it's important that people understand that you are a subject of your own decisions and yeah. you are also a subject of the decisions that you make determine where you're going to go in life. And mm-hmm. so if your desire is to be in the outdoor space, then you need to start making decisions and making choices that drive you into that space because mm-hmm. just saying, well, this is just paying the bills so I can go hunting, you know, a few times a week. I, I don't, if you're not happy, change it, change, yeah. change your, you know, your direction because there's no reason for us Christian to go through this life unhappy. So I feel really blessed and fortunate that we've built a business in a space that we're all extremely passionate about. We love and we do, and we get to make it part of who we are every day. Right. Awesome. So what would, what's some advice that you would give to someone that is trying to break into the outdoor space? Maybe they're trying to start a business around, you know, forming a new bow or a new tree stand. Do they need to go get experience from someone like Benelli or um, Sitka or someone like that? Do you think that's that helpful or do you think they just need to jump right into it and get, and just start doing it? You know, everything in my opinion is, like if I look back on my life and where I've I've come now, everything has been um, stepping stones. Um, I use the analogy right. of the bus stop. And so I, I mm-hmm. use this a lot with people because people ask this question. They say, how can I get in the industry? How did you get here? What do I, what do I need to do? And life is all about opportunity. And so there's going to be different buses that come into our lives uh, that we're sitting at different bus stops along the way. And one bus might pull up that is, you know, it says on the marquee, like um, customer service, customer service at Sitka, right? And you're like, oh, right. well, I don't, I'm making more at my job now than going into customer service at Sitka, although it's what I like and I love that industry and I like that company. Mm-hmm. It's either not enough money or I just, you know, and you start to talk yourself out of the opportunity when like that bus is sitting there and you can step onto it. And although up front, it may seem, oh man, I'm giving up a lot. Right. What you're probably going to gain in the end is you're going to get into a company or business that you're going to be surrounded by lots of like-minded people. You're going to begin to network and you're going to be able, if you have drive and passion and you're not content with just being a customer service representative, you can grow within that company and you can become something more. I mean, David Brinker is a really good friend of mine. He has since left Sika, but he was at mm-hmm. Sika when Sika started 10, over 10 years ago in the customer service position and he just left the company this year um or last year later in last year he was the big game category marketer right mm-hmm. he worked his way up and has had some of the most amazing experiences now he's left he's pursuing his country music career and he's still doing big game hunting and he's still in the industry but that's one way christian that people can get involved is find companies mm-hmm. that have job position openings and get in there because once you get in you're going to grow your network you're going to learn like the ins and out of that business. You're going to have an opportunity to prove yourself and show. And also you're going to look at all the departments that are in a business and you're going to say, man, I really want to go into marketing or I'd love to be in operations or I'd love to be in sales. Yeah. And so I think that's, that's really important that people understand. Now you also asked Christian one question, which was like literally just creating a bow or mm-hmm. building your own product. I think everything needs to be, I think risk is really important because what is always associated with risk is reward. Right. Sometimes that that time frame of risk and reward can be long. It can also be short. It just depends on again, everyone's situation is different. But the risk is necessary. But I also think it's important to take some calculated risk. 
but don't get too calculated to where you talk yourself out of taking risk. I think people do that all the time as they say, I want to get in the outdoor space or I want to start a company or I want to be an entrepreneur or I want to do these things. And they will literally try to over calculate the situation so that it's almost a perfect transition from either their current job and situation Mm -hmm. to a perfect transition. This, And I'll tell you right now, Christian, that is not how that transition happens. It's difficult. It's hard, but it's extremely rewarding when you work hard, you're consistent, you put in the time and effort and you bring something to market or you do something really special and impactful that can change, you know, can change your direction as far as like your potential success. Mm-hmm. So my advice in short, that's a lot, but in short, like I always recommend that people take one step back when they start asking that question and ask themselves, why, mm-hmm. why do you want to get into the outdoor industry? Is it just because you want notoriety and fame? Are you looking yes. for yourself? You know, uh, you want people to notice you or do you want to directly come in and make a significant impact and do something special? And if you understand why you're going to do it and you know why you want to do it, then how you do it and what you do that comes next becomes very easy and can really culminate a lot of success and, you know, transitioning from this to that. Mm-hmm. So always ask yourself the question, why? Like, Christian, why did you, why did you start a podcast? Right. Well, I really enjoy the outdoor industry. It's it's not it's nothing for it's not for because I want notoriety or fame. It's just I, I really enjoy talking to people that know a little bit more than me. Um, and I think yeah. other people could benefit from that, too. So, 100%, yeah. right? It's yeah. like, have you ever listened to the Gritty podcast, Brian? Collins? Yeah, I actually, I actually have. I was looking at it on YouTube last night and I saw you've been on it several times. Like, Is it the Gritty Bowhunter? Is that it? Or Gritty? So Bow he Hunter? started out. Yeah, he started out as the Gritty Bowman podcast. Yeah. Um, he started out, oh, about same time as Mountain Ops started about four and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. We now have a podcast studio here in our office that he podcasts out of. He's one of the mm-hmm. largest podcasts now in the industry. Um, we're starting our podcast, the Mountain Ops podcast that we're going to be launching later in February. Yeah. Congrats on that. Yeah. It'll be fun. But to your point, the reason why you're doing this, the reason why you even want to sit down with me and talk is because. You're interested in people's lives. You're interested in opening people up and understanding the way they tick mm-hmm. because your, your passion and love for this space has driven you to say, I want to grab a mic. I want to start a Skype call and I want to reach out to people and I want to connect and I want to hopefully inspire others through those, mm-hmm. those interviews and podcasts to find their way in, in this space or in this industry. So it's always a question of why, why, what are your motives and why are you doing it? And if you have mm-hmm. a strong why and you move forward and you, and you know why you're going to do it, then how you do it and accomplish that and what you do becomes very easy. There's a great book that I'd recommend to anybody listening to this podcast before you're going to jump into the industry or start a business. There's a book that Simon Sinek wrote called start with why. And it's yeah. an amazing book and I highly recommend it to everyone we use it here at Mountain Ops all the time. Um, I know my, my good friends at Sitka, that's actually been a Bible for them too over the last 10 mm-hmm. years of their business. So um, always always start with why before you're going to jump in and do anything. Yeah. Well, cool. So another thing I was gonna, I was thinking about um, while you were saying, you know, work, work in maybe a smaller role, a customer service role per se, or, you know, a sales role, even maybe if you want to be in marketing. So some of these companies, for instance, like Cobra Archery, I know these are these are run by families, you know? So would you suggest trying to get work or trying to get experience from companies that are a little bit bigger? Like I know Sitka is more established brand, Cobra Archer, you, you know, you might be working for 
mom and pops, which is okay. But would you you you're um would you recommend working for someone that is maybe has a little bit of room for growth? Hundred percent. I think I think you have to look at your situ. Everybody's situation is going to be totally different, Christian, when it comes down right. to like. But but for instance, so let's let's just take uh, a hypothetical situation. Let's just say there's an individual out there who's like, man, I love bow hunting. I love archery, right? And I'm going to give you a story, okay? So there's this guy. His name's Matt Davis, and Matt Davis loves archery. He loves bow hunting. He loves the industry. He's so passionate about it. When he was 21 years old, no, actually, when he was yeah, when he was 21 years old. He got a customer service job at Hoyt. Yeah. He went to the local place here and got a customer service job at Hoyt. Well, because of who Matt was and because of the guy he became and because of the people at the company, he began to move up and he moved into the marketing department and he was over all of the ambassadors and worked with all the international dealers. Mm-hmm. Well, all of a sudden I meet Matt, okay, because he's working at Hoyt and he's not happy though. He wasn't happy, you know, because working for a big company there are some ceilings that you might hit along the way where with younger companies, you have a lot of upside because they're growing. And so there's give and take on both of that. So we were a young company at the time that I saw a potential in a young man named Matt Davis, where I was like, dude, I would love to have you come work for us because Mm -hmm. we're young. We've only been in business for two years and I see a lot of opportunity for you to grow and do more because he had reached a point where he was never going to go farther because of the people that were above him. Well, Matt transitioned to Mountain Ops. He started taking over customer service, ambassadors, doing a whole bunch. He has taken over, and probably in the last three years, he has changed roles, probably 20 different job titles. But Mm -hmm. now Matt is our VP of marketing and sales. He is running our marketing um, that Casey and I used to run. He has grown in that time because of the people that he's around and the team that we have here and the culture. And that is the most important thing when you're looking at businesses, whether they're young mom and pops or whether they're big established businesses like a Mountain Ops or a Sitka, is the culture of the company. Do they truly care about their employees and are they putting things in place to empower those employees to grow and exponentially, you know, reach their potential? So when when it comes down to what people want to get into, that's going to be, I think, an indicator on where they would like to start applying for jobs, right? Mm -hmm. If you're a gear nut, you probably should be looking at camel companies or backpack companies. If you're into archery, find an arrow company or an art or an archery spigot, go work at a a bow shop and get some experience. And then all of a sudden find a way to go to prime archery. I don't know, but yeah, the, the, the key is to take the necessary steps to go to the places that you want to go because of the passion that you have. And to be able to find people and network and build relationships because that is so crucial in opportunity. Opportunity comes because of who you know. And so when you when you know people and you're connected and you've got all these different webs that are connecting you together, that is where opportunity creeps in when you're not even expecting it. That's when the bus pulls up to the stop and the marquee reads for Christian, you know, this company needs a podcaster and let's say it's yeah. what's a company you love. Let's say it's, let's just say it's Sika. You mentioned Sika. Will will you keep using Sika? I like those nah, guys. I, I do love Sika. Yeah. <laughs> so let, let's just say, because you're connected and you know, Brad Christensen, or, you know, uh, Harrison Lindsay, like I know everybody over there, right? I'm friends with everybody there. And all of a sudden they know Christian and they go, Oh my gosh, this guy's a great podcaster. We're going to start a Sika podcast. We should get this guy to be our host. 
-hmm. That opportunity comes because of the relationship that you have with those people that they start thinking of people. And then all of a sudden the connections made and opportunities presented. And now it's your opportunity to either take that or leave it. You either get on the bus and you move to the next destination of your life, or you let that bus go and you wait for the next one. Mm -hmm. So that that makes perfect sense. Yes. Like I said earlier, you guys, I think you guys pioneered the, you know, the outdoor supplement market, you know, kind of got into a market that didn't really exist. Um, so what we're getting into a market that doesn't really exist from a branding perspective, you know, what are some challenges that you had, you know, out of the gate? Well, truly, I wish, I wish Christian that I could say that we pioneered it, but we didn't. There was actually a company already established in the space Mm -hmm. that, um, had, has actually been here for a long time. But we, we saw an opportunity that we saw that that company wasn't doing, which was we saw an opportunity to build much more superior products because of newer science available in nutrition that the other company wasn't looking at because they had built products that were probably a lot older and they still have them in place, yeah. but they're not, they're good products, but our products are much better. Mm-hmm. And so the challenge became, how do we break into a space that traditionally, even though there's somebody here doing it, but they're not doing it as good as we know it can be done. Mm-hmm. How do we break into a space? And when we, when we breach and we come full, like we go full send, as I said, and we, we just blitz the, the, the space, how do we change the mindset of a, of a core group of individuals where health, wellness, and fitness really hasn't been a priority, right? right. It's like, if we look back at when we hunted with dad, like, Fitness was never a thing for dad. Fitness was never something that played into the outdoors. Most of hunting sometimes with dad was like, you know, in a truck, road, road hunting, driving right. around, glassing for stuff, finding something, then getting out of the truck or getting out of the suburban and, and setting up and trying to get it or small micro hikes to spots that gave you some vantage points. So you could look out and try and find stuff for rifle hunting. Cause that's what we did with dad a lot. Mm-hmm. And so this hunter athlete movement kind of started to move with like Under Armour and Sitka and saying, we're going to build a more performance based gear system. That's more cut and fitted athletically and gives you better performance and comfortability. Mm-hmm. And so this idea started to change, I think in the hunters that when we came to market, it was perfect. We were ready for, um, we were ready for a market. Thank you, sir. We were ready to come to market and be able to help this mindset that was shifting. Like, you know, Cameron Haynes, a lot of people know Cameron Haynes. Cameron has been a godfather of how hunting and fitness makes hunting easier for a long time. Mm -hmm. Never said once in his life that by going and lifting weights and running a hundred miles a day, like he does, that he's able to kill, you know, the biggest animal on the mountain. But what he's always told people is that when I work hard, I hunt easy. Because it helps I get to places I want to go. I talk myself out of less situations and I'm able to keep up and give myself the best opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to then say, how can we come to market? How can we change in the mindset and the culture of a community that has traditionally not been that? So these companies helped, I feel like, really start that momentum. And then as yep. we came, came in, we helped really just like exponentially accelerate the process of getting people to understand that health, fitness, wellness, nutrition, using the proper gear and going out and enjoying the outdoors is possible. And it creates more opportunity when you're in better shape. Right. That makes sense. 
Yeah. So what would you say to someone that is that isn't happy with where they're at in, you know, in their physical in their physical shape and that's keeping them from going and hunting maybe say an elk or going to the backcountry and help and hunting a moose, something that they've always wanted to do, but their physical shape is holding them back. Yeah. Excuses. You got to cut those out. There's no other way around. I'm, I'm, I'm every single one of us is an absolute product of excuses. I am, am no different than others. I mean, here's, here's a true fact. I mean, we've, we've now almost been five years into mountain ops. Mm-hmm. Um, about a year, about a year ago, I even fell off the wagon and I like during holiday season and off season and show season, I put on a ton of weight. Um, I was really out of shape and here I am. I'm an owner of this company yeah. and I fell too. Like we all, we all go through ebbs and flows. Um, you try to, you try to mitigate as much of those ebbs and flows in your life as possible to create consistency. Cause that's where you find true happiness. That's where you find confidence. That's where you find like the, the best things that life offers you and you can kind of get rid of those peaks and valleys and just create a really steady pace. Yeah. And so my advice to people is stop making excuse, excuses because I've done it and we all do mm-hmm. it every day. Every day we will talk ourselves out of things because it's either too hard, it's uncomfortable because it's territory we've never been in. Um, we feel that we're not capable because we haven't done something. Our confidence is waxing, it's waning. We don't, we don't feel like we're capable and the thing I, you tell people is, I tell people is like the analogy of a trip of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Yes, mm-hmm. a thousand miles is a long ways away, Christian, but every single step along that way is one step closer to wherever you're, you're heading. But mm-hmm. if you don't take the first step, you'll never take the second and you'll never know where you could go or where you could be if you don't do the things that are uncomfortable. So I think the greatest lie we tell ourselves and the greatest thing that keeps us from our greatest potential is comfort, right? being comfortable, being complacent and saying, well, this is just how it is, or I'm ha- I, I, this is, I don't want to change what's normal for me or what's, what's consistent. But mm-hmm. yet, mediocrity is a, is a great liar because you're like, ah, I'm just happy with what I'm doing. That's not, that's, that's the absolute wrong mindset. You have to have you have to you have to talk yourself into uncomfortable things to become comfortable in something you must get yourself completely uncomfortable and the more mm-hmm. uncomfortable you are in your life honestly i feel like the more comfortable your life will be it's a weird thing to think but it's true that in my life the times that i was out of shape that i was you know not taking care of myself eating properly exercising regularly and doing the things that i needed to do are the times in my life when mentally i was either at a low point um, I didn't have a lot of confidence. My happiness was like on a scale of one to 10, maybe five, but on the lower half, the happiest times of my life, the greatest confidence I've had is when I'm exercising regularly, when I have routine, when I am um, eating properly, when I'm taking my nutrition. And when I, when you have that routine and you have process, it creates consistency in your life that helps to mitigate a lot of the the things that make you unhappy somebody that's like man i want to go on an elk hunt you know and they're maybe a midwest guy or maybe they're an eastern guy and they're like and fitness to them is is different as far as terrain yeah they there's no excuse start going to the gym start exercising start taking mountain ops start start getting yourself in better shape and go accomplish a dream or a goal that you have to go out and chase one of the most incredibly magnificent animals that god's ever created 
elk are incredible. I love elk hunting, but I love whitetail hunting too. Like I love hunting everywhere, but I yeah. love being in a good shape to do it anywhere I want to go do it. Yeah. And you, I mean, I think you guys have done a great job of getting people that are advocates for that. Cause like I, I follow Cam Haynes. I'm really into that whole space. And, you know, he in turn follows people like David Goggins, who makes me even makes him even feel worse. <laughs> um, he, makes, but, he makes all of us look yeah. like peasants. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, I was, I was training. I was going to go to on a no hunt last year. I didn't have him going, but I was like, man, I'm going to have to be in some super shape for this hunt. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's super cool. Just to merge, um, idea of fitness and hunting because where i'm at i'm in oklahoma so it's not as, as big of a deal to be in physical shape you know climbing in a tree stand is not too physically exerting um but you know that western style of hunt which is you know the dream for everyone that is especially hunting with a bow um definitely requires some more intense fitness needs but i think i think one thing that i always try to tell help people understand is is so the mindset of, well, I get in a tree stand or I get in a ground blind, like it doesn't take a lot of physical exertion, right? right? I've, I've been, I was in Pawhuska, um, Oklahoma. This was two years ago with Levi Morgan. Yeah, that's on not my far very, from me at all. Not far from you, right? So me and Levi Morgan go out there for my very first whitetail hunt because I've always grown up running and gunning, spot and stock, like Western style hunting, right? Mm -hmm. I can tell you that the, the mental capacity that an individual has to focus and sustain for an all-day sit to commit to be able to have an opportunity is physically exhausting mm -hmm. it may not be hiking uh, you know a 1200 to 2000 vertical climb and you're sitting in a tree stand but at the same time like your mental and your physical are are connected you can't separate them and so even if an individual is sitting in a tree stand or in a blind, my belief is that if they're in better shape, if they are exercising, if they are eating properly, if they're taking proper nutrition, if they are having routine, you will have better sits and you'll have better stands and better opportunity because you will be more alert, more aware, and more cognitive than somebody who isn't in the best shape and mentally isn't there. And you're just relying a lot only on energy to try and keep you motivated. You've got to be self-motivated to be a white cell hunter. Like mm -hmm. I've learned that I have a, I love whitetail hunting now. Like I'm excited to go do it every year. So I'm on right. the flip side. You're like, dude, I want to go elk hunting. I'm like, dude, I want to go whitetail hunting. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but to be in shape, it doesn't matter where you hunt. Being mm -hmm. healthy is not a trend. It's not going out of style. It's something right. that we all need to do. And it's something that we all need to take ownership of because I do want to live a long, prolonged life. Uh, I'm a father. I have kids. I have a beautiful wife. Mm -hmm. And I want to be in the best shape so that as I get older, I can continue to enjoy the outdoors and enjoy activities with them that mm -hmm. I'm not making excuses saying, oh, I can't go hunting with my son anymore because I'm out of shape and I can't keep up. I hope I can always keep up with my boys once they get older. So that's yeah. just something that I thought of as you said that. But No, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, so getting more into the, the scientific part of that, about it, because I, I listened to some YouTube videos yesterday of you kind of breaking it down from Ignite. Um which I think is a really cool product I've actually used. Um, so how do you, what would you tell someone that's never used mountain ops before? How does it give me an advantage if I'm, you know, in that situation, I'm at full draw on an elk and I need some strong mental focus, right? And, you know, and I need some energy to get up this last hill to pack this elk out. Um, how does that give me an advantage? Yeah, that's a great question, Christian. You know, I always want to make sure that people understand that our products are a supplement not a mm -hmm. replacement right? right and so it goes back to what we've talked about before putting in the hard work exercising regularly 
also doing sports specific training. So when you're thinking about, if we're talking about archery and bow hunting, every single one of us react different to that situation when it's presented to us, right? So for certain people, they get buck or bull fever and they shake. And so they're trying to maintain and stabilize and get their shot ready because they're so excited because the adrenaline's pumping the moments here. Other people mm -hmm. are able to deal with it differently. They're able to draw back, be ice in the veins, settle in and, and pull and make their shot, right? Yeah. But there's also situations where you're running up a mountain trying to either, and I've done this many times, these elk are moving or this mule deer is moving and you know where he's heading to on a game trail. And so you've got to try and cut him off or get way out ahead in, the, in front so that you have an opportunity when, you're, when your paths cross. Mm -hmm. Well, that's going to take a lot of physical exertion, a lot of endurance. And then once you're there, you've got to control your breathing. You've got to be able to settle. You've got to be able to get ready for the moment when it comes so you can make an ethical shot. And so Mount Knot's products help with the pre-hunt. They also help, they help during the hunt, and they also help post-hunt. And so with all of our products, it comes down to for an individual that's like in the moment of like the shot, right? That is always yeah. going to come right down to the user. Mountain Ops, mm -hmm. we've just developed a new product with Levi Morgan called Dialed. Right. And so Dialed takes the same principles of Ignite, where what we did is we took the nootropics blend of ingredients that helps with cognitive function in the brain and mm -hmm. helps with focus and clarity. But what we did is we eliminated any stimulant because stimulation can actually increase anxiety and can also like when you're amped up, it just amps you up more. So we yeah. wanted to stabilize the mind and the body and eliminate anxiety and calm so that in those situations, a person can be in a better state of mind. It doesn't replace the fact that they still have to draw, settle and mm -hmm. make a good shot, but it helps their process. And for Levi, he's been using it for two years now while he's been doing 3D target shooting and he uses it when he hunts, when he's in the stand, he'll drink it. And like when he knows it's, it's interesting because he'll be sipping it all day in the stand yeah. in preparation for when that time comes, because you never know when it is. So <clears throat> whether a person's, when a person's coming into mountain ops or they're, or they're trying to say, what's my path to success? It comes down to their goals. Mm -hmm. What kind of hunts are you going on? What are you trying to accomplish physically? What are you trying to lose weight? Are you trying to gain strength? Are you trying to increase endurance? Are you literally just wanting daily intake and nutrition and trying to replace what you're not getting in your foods with stuff that you need that your body can utilize? Right. Um, or are you just somebody that likes energy and focus because you don't want to take the Red Bulls anymore and any of that crap that isn't good for you and you actually like a replacement like Ignite that can give mm -hmm. you energy and focus and cardiovascular improvement with no downside. There's no crash. There's no headaches. There's no jitters. It's just smooth, long, sustaining energy. So there's mm -hmm. a lot of ways that you can come into Mountain Ops, but no matter what, you can never replace the hard work that's needed for you to prepare for the hunts that you're going on. Mm -hmm. So that's something yeah, so, we always really emphasize. See, these are more of a, these are like an additive to, these are an after fact of you've already putting the work in, in the gym, you know, and training for your goals. So what are, how do you sustain this long energy without huge bursts of caffeine? Cause uh, you know, pre-workouts in the gym, some of them will make you shake. And some of them, some of them will make your skin crawl and you'll want to itch. Um, but how, what, what ingredients are you using that aren't, that's taking away? I know there's minimal amounts of ca caffeine, but allows you to do that without bursting one, someone through the sky with the amount of caffeine you put in it. Yeah. So one of the processes in our body that's really important, and this is actually something that's produced naturally in our bodies. It's nitric mm -hmm. oxide, right? So as we were right. kids, 
there's a source of energy there that we had that like when we're running around, some people say, oh, we gave them too much sugar or, you know, this kid just has a lot of energy. Well, they probably have a lot of nitric oxide in their body, honestly. Mm -hmm. So nitric oxide is a process in the body that's produced within the blood levels that when when the veins are putting blood and oxygenation throughout as the heart is pumping and doing its job, it provides output for the body or endurance. It's cardiovascular intensive. And so the heart is the key to everything. It's, it's the lifeblood of our bodies. It's also the thing that when we exert ourselves physically, it's either going to fail first or our mind's going to fail first because there's blood that's going to the brain. And if we're not getting enough, then our brain will begin to shut down mentally and talk ourselves out of running that next mile. Uh-huh. And so how do you break that blood brain barrier or how do you increase the cardiovascular, you know, um, process so that an individual can have an extended period of time of performance without yeah. being sacrificing opportunities. So what we've done is we figured out a process and this is something that Trevor figured out out of necessity to actually save his dad's life. Um, mm-hmm. his dad had cardiovascular issues, neuropathy, not, he didn't have good feeling and circulation and Trevor took what a lot of people in the gym space or in pre-workouts are familiar with, which is this thing called nitric oxide that we're talking about. Right. A, tr- a traditional pre-workout Christian will release for about an hour and a half. It's built for an exercise in the gym. They want to surge your, your, your veins by what they call vasodilation. So it opens up the veins and increases circulation. So more blood flow and oxygen is able to go through. That mm-hmm. increases what they call the pump or the output. And you just go and you're, and then all of a sudden, that comes off and the veins go back to their normal range and you go back to normal circulation and oxygenation that the body's getting with blood flow. And some people can crash because it's so fast and so quick that it comes back and the caffeine is going through there too. So what's also interesting, Christian is caffeine restricts blood vessels. Yeah. So you, they try and amp the the amount of caffeine. Plus they put in a bunch of, of nitric oxide for like a one and a half hour experience. Mm-hmm. And so obviously for us, we're not content with that, right? We're, we're building a product for an individual that wants to take and have a good workout in the gym, but also a good workout in God's gym for 20 plus hours. So we found a process that allowed us to increase nitric oxide in the body and vasodilate for 20 plus hours. So it prolongs that period of vasodilation, giving the heart and your body increased cardiovascular, increased oxygenation, output and performance. The caveat there too is well, in Ignite, you bring up Ignite. We also have our, our, our Yeti pre-workout. Mm-hmm. They both have 200 milligrams of caffeine, which is an optimal amount of caffeine that has a shelf life in the body for about between every body type is different, but four to six hours. And then mm-hmm. it comes off. With our product, because the undertone and the consistency is that cardiovascular nitric oxide production that's going on for 20 plus hours. That caffeine does help to energize. And while those veins are being opened up, it restricts less. So, yeah. so we have a, a more free flowing caffeine that's going through the vein. So you're getting a, a sustained energy and you're getting focus and cardiovascular. Then what happens is as that caffeine comes off, people are accustomed to crashes. They feel dizzy. Their energy sources just all of a sudden just plummet. Ours, as it comes off, you still have that nitric oxide that's going on. So it's a natural transition off of the stimulant that creates a natural source of energy. And so the aftermath of that is there's no crash. You literally don't feel yourself come down. You just keep going. Right. So it's pretty, 
it's it's a different way again of building a product for individuals that use it for a different experience but it can mm-hmm. also be applied and utilized in the gym and people love them in the gym because they take pre-workouts that make them too jittery or they itch their skin or they freak out and then they crash hard and so you get this good workout but your endorphins that were released are just shut down because your body does with ours you get done with your workout and you just want to keep working out you just want to keep doing good you just want to go do the next thing in your day so it's it's a unique process but a larginine and l-citrulline are really important ingredients that you have to find the right balance to be able to produce and provide that that extended period of time and so Trevor has found the perfect amount that optimizes the body for a 20 plus hour release of nitric oxide, which is incredibly fascinating and amazing. That's, that's kind of the caveat of our business that we launched with and started with as we started to add to the line. But that was the first goal is to create an extended performance product. Yeah, no, that's super, that's great for hunt, for hunting applications too. So just transitioning here um, kind of to the customer because no business exists without the customer. Uh, so how do you how do you ensure that you're staying in tune with customer needs? Oh man, I'll tell you what. So you're a hundred percent like Mountain Ops doesn't exist without the customer. Like you can have the best product, you can have the coolest brand, whatever mm-hmm. it is. But if you don't have customers, you don't have anything. All you've got is a cool idea and a cool brand that either nobody knows about, nobody cares about. And so everything that you do is about them. So like our company's why statement is in everything we do, we elevate the performance of individuals. And then our, all, our other belief is that we want to inspire others to live and challenge themselves to live a higher quality of life. So when you under, again, we talked about this earlier in the podcast, when you understand your why, right? So far, our job is to elevate an individual's performance in everything we do. That no matter what product we're making, no matter what gear item we're, we're producing, no matter what we're doing with the brand, we have to think about the individual and are we helping them increase their performance? Also, are we building programs and processes here that are inspiring them to live and desire a higher quality of life? So the information that we receive on new products to develop or products to change or to address come directly mm-hmm. from our customers. We have one of the best customer supports, I would say, in the world. Um, our customer support team, customer service team is the best. They do an incredible job at taking that information, compiling it for us and presenting it to us so we can also assess it and say, there is enough need here. Like for instance, there was a ton of people saying, man, I love the products I'm getting. We kept getting a request for, I would love a sleep or nighttime product. And we're like, man, we didn't even think about that, really. I mean, we thought just like recovery, like BCAAs, you know, bovine colostrum, like protein, like these things that are good for recovery, like we thought that was like sufficient. Mm -hmm. But everybody likes a a good night's sleep. And so enough customer, you know, inquiries came in and requests came in that we addressed it. We said, okay, let's go to the sleep market and let's build the best sleep recovery product out there. And so we, because of the customer demand, and inquiries and desires, we gave the customer what they want, which was our product that we launched, Slumber, which is a deep sleep recovery product that helps you to have a deeper sleep. It lowers you to a deeper sleep and has, so you have greater sleep cycles for a longer period of time so that you're also able to recover because that's optimal for nighttime recovery is everything that we do in our day all comes down to our sleep. If we wanna perform better the next day, we need to have good sleep the day before. Mm-hmm. And so that came because of customers. 
And so every product we make is we obviously are going to have ideas as a team here internally, but we gain a lot of our inspiration and ideas from our mountain ops customers. Cool. So have you merged, you know, what customers needs have been, um, say for the Western style hunt with, you know, partnerships with campaigns or for archers that are doing 3d competition, um, with Levi Morgan. So you've used, or I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm asking you or telling you that you, you've used, um, big names in the industry in different spaces to meet the needs of customers. I, I just think that's super cool. Yeah. When you look at like, like we talked about earlier, Christian, when you look at the whitetail space, aspirationally, a lot of those guys want to come out and hunt the West, right? Mm -hmm. they, they look at Cameron Haynes or they look at, um, you know, some of the people that we work with, like a Ryan Lampers, or they look at a Brian call, or they look at anybody who's out here and they say, man, I really want to, I really aspire to be like that guy. There's a lot of people out here that look at some of the white tail guys and we have aspirations for those guys as well. Mm -hmm. And so when you understand your market, you understand people in those spaces that are authentic, that are authorities. They're not just celebrities. They actually yeah. do what they say and they're very efficient at what they do. I mean, Levi Morgan is one of the most prolific archers of our time. He's the LeBron James of our industry. We'll probably never see a guy like that again. Mm -hmm. You know, and maybe we will because everybody said you never see another MJ, but now we got LeBron. I don't know, but it's going to be a long time until somebody does as much as that guy's done. But right. he's not just a really great shooter. He's an incredible hunter. So building a product like Dialed with him was awesome because you got to just dive into his mind and he got to lay it out for us and say, this is what I want to see or this is what I want based on situations both in target shooting and in mm -hmm. hunting. You know, for Cameron Haynes, he's a bare bones basic guy. He's like, I need a good pre-workout, I need protein, and I need BCAAs because I'm in the gym cranking every day, building my body that I want to be able to hunt easy outside. And we're like, let's build that product. So yeah, to your point, you find the authorities, but you also find the authenticity in individuals mm -hmm. that represent a space or, or a group of people and they're, they're tradesmen. They know how they're, they're, the, they're the experts of their trade. And so you lean on them as you build things together to accomplish the greater good of everybody else. So right. yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's fun working with these guys. They're people are amazing. Humans are amazing in general. And some of these guys that we have the opportunity and ladies to work with, it's fascinating to see like their mental mind. Like you talked mm -hmm. about David Goggins, right? Like he was on Joe Rogan podcast. He was on, he's been on a bunch of podcasts lately. Right. And that guy's just got like, that, that something's broken with that dude like he yeah. is a mental force for like you're not going to stop him right and Cameron's mm -hmm. the same way and Levi too Levi's got an incredible work ethic and it all comes down to work ethic like routine like these guys are able to consistently do the same thing that they're able to consistently do you know if it's working out or exercising or reading self-development books or doing things every day that that consistently builds a compounding effect over time to accomplish a goal that they have, right? Whether it's be able to hunt easy, live happier, live healthier. And what's great about all of them is they're inspiring all of us to do the same. And I think that's really impactful and really, really powerful. No, that's, yeah, that's great. So just segueing into this last little, last couple of questions I had is I want to just talk a little bit about conservation and public lands. Cause I know that's something that mountain ops is super um, committed to. So um, why is being a company that's committed to the 2% for conservation pledge, why is that so important to you guys at Mountain Ops? So a couple reasons. When uh, a good friend of mine, Jeff Spazito, he actually is now an owner of Stone Glacier. Um, mm -hmm. 
he actually was with David Brinker and worked with, was one of the, I think it was employee number two or three at Sitka. He too worked for about 10 years and then he left and he started, well, he didn't start, but he's working with Kurt now over at Stone Glacier. Um, he's the one that actually came up with the idea for 2% because he said, man, there's a lot of industries out there like 1% for the planet and mm -hmm. other organizations on the other side that are like giving back. And he's like, I want to see businesses that give 1% of their profits and 1% yeah. of their time for a total of 2% and try and quantify and also certify businesses that are not just saying, because I, I know that there's a lot of businesses in this industry, unfortunately, that use the word conservation as a way to make sales. And mm -hmm. so they, they say that they're con they do conservation, but they don't actually either one give their money or their time. Um, and so it's an easy word for people to throw around. Even as hunters, I feel like sometimes we, we kind of carelessly just say, yeah, I'm a conservationist, but I think times are changing Christian mm -hmm. where like just saying that I go buy a tag. And so by buying a tag and going on a hunt and harvesting an animal, I'm a conservationist while that's true to a, a point what we're dealing with now is a different society that is against the hunting community. And yeah. also we're not just the hunting community, but the outdoor community at large. We're also trying to protect the lands in which we hunt, you know, like, so public lands is a big issue for us. Like, so conservation is something that when you look at that 2%, that's, that's something that's really powerful, but we've even, we're at the point now as a company with our plans that we are going to be doing and giving back way more than 2%. If every company could just give back at 1% to conservation and 1% of their time and just 2% and you compound that over all the companies, organizations that exist in the outdoor space, holy crap, you're going to have a really incredible impact in our community and in conservation with wildlife management, habitat, resources, and public land. So it's, it's very, we're proud to say that we're 2%, but our goal is not to be content again with just right. doing that like we're not comfortable with two percent we want to do way more than that as a brand that's why we're starting our operation conservation initiative to be more active with our our conservation partners as well as within our company to be able to do more and have more of an impact and hopefully inform educate and inspire others to get active in conservation join organizations or go out and do things in their community that can protect that the tradition and the, the passion that we all have for hunting. Now, I like what you said about, you know, it's not just saying that you are, but doing. I actually had a guy on the other day that is uh, part of the, he's a part of the 2% for conservation pledge, but I, what I see him doing all the time is picking up trash on public land. And I know that's something small, but I'm like, you know, that's that's more than, than I do. And it was a little <laughs> bit convicting because I'm not, I'm not out here throwing out trash, but I'm not out also out here picking it up and do I care enough for I, I want to conserve that so much that my kids could use that same land that I've enjoyed for years and years. So I thought that, yeah, that's super cool that you guys are doing that. Yeah. It's, it's, I think you're hundred percent right. It's one thing to say and it's another thing to do. And if you're going to do it, you, you better be doing it too for the right reasons. Something that we're really passionate about here again, like we, our initiatives at mountain ops, you know, like we started an initiative called conquer hunger, right? Trevor brought that initiative uh, three years ago to me and Casey, and I still remember sitting in his office and he said, I've got this idea of how we could provide a nutritional meal to an individual or a family in need for every order that somebody makes. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, 
wow, that's awesome. Like I know Tom's does for every shoe you buy, they send a pair of shoes. You know, there's all these mm-hmm. companies that are doing these, these give backs. And I thought, wow, how, how incredibly impactful could that be? And so we started it. We just said, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to, we're going to portion out and we're going to take some of the funding from that order. And we're going to build a mill at 28 servings of nutrition that, that an individual isn't getting otherwise, because they can't even supplement and mm-hmm. we're going to provide a meal. And now to date, you know, it's one thing to just say, Hey, let's do it. It's another thing again to do it. And we've been doing it now for three years and we're on the doorstep of 1 million mills um, that we have donated to awesome. individuals in need. That's both domestic, that's abroad, that's um, wherever we can send those mills. We take that seriously with finding and working with organizations like Feeding America when there's disaster and needs from hurricanes or tornadoes or earthquakes. We send our mills there or mm-hmm. we're sending them over into Africa to villages for individuals that need food and nutrition. So, but again, it comes back to your why. Why are you doing it? What are you trying to accomplish? And so conservation is another pillar of our business that we're passionate about. It's, it's a space that we're in. It's, we care about this land. This land is your land. It's my land. It's, it's, it's everybody's. Mm-hmm. And the animals that roam it are ours too. As long as we, you know, we go through the right process of getting tags and, and going through the, the hunter process of legally taking an animal's life processing it and then being able to either one share it with our families or like we all know hunters are one of the biggest communities that donate meat to the needy and so that's another powerful thing about our industry is that we're not just saying hey we're going hunting for ourselves but we're out there also hunting for others who can't even one either hunt they can't even feed themselves they don't have a job so this community is awesome i love hunting and it's why we wanted to build a business in it yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I love that aspect of it too. And the hunting industry is extremely generous and conserving hands not only for our selfish reasons, but for reasons also for helping other people as well. But I think that's a great place to wrap up. I really appreciate you you jumping on with me. And uh, I'd love to have you on in the future. Yeah, Christian, I'm. you let me know, man. I am, I'm happy to jump on here. Uh, this has been really good. I, I used to do these a lot and then we just get so busy here, especially right. with us starting our own podcast. But mm-hmm. I always enjoy, you know, getting on with guys like yourself. And I love to hear that. I love to hear what you said earlier. And I hope everyone who listens to your podcast understands who they're listening to. I can sense it from you, which is, you know, you're like, I want to do this because I want, I'm interested in, in people. I care about people. I care about the community that I'm a part of. And so I just want to, I just want to praise you for one second real quick. As we close this out, you talked about a guy that's sitting there and he's picking up trash and you're like, man, I'm not even picking up trash, but yet Christian, you're also sitting here on a mic with headphones, asking questions, interviewing great people and trying to help hopefully put information out there that can inspire people to take action in their lives, to do something good, to do something special, whatever that action is, you're you're doing something that a lot of people probably want to do, but they aren't, but you're doing it. I commend you for that. So thank you for having me on. Um, and thanks for, you know, giving us, give me a minute to talk about our business here at Mountain Ops. If anybody who's listening wants to come check us out, I mean, literally, if you just type MTN OPS in Google, you'll find us everywhere on our website, on social media. Um, our website is simply www.mtnops.com. Um, and you can come check us out, learn about us. Um, but Christian, thank you again for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot. I'll talk to you later. You have a great day. Okay. You too, man. Take care.
Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed learning from Jordan about his business, Mountain Ops, and the supplementation and nutrition needs for hunters. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, make sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're consuming the Hunter's Advantage podcast on, whether it's Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Anchor, and there's several others as well. And I will make sure to see you on the next episode.